Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike. I've been thinking lately a lot about what it's like in homes where mom and dad don't see eye to eye on politics. Not long ago, a researcher from Tufts University looked into this question and found that 10% of marriages, 10%, 1 out of 10, are comprised of members of opposing political parties. Seven in 10 are of the same political party, and the remaining 20% of couples uh, are in circumstances where one spouse is a member of one party and the other spouse identifies as an independent. So I want to focus on that 10%. I want to focus on the one in 10 couples who find themselves diametrically opposed when it comes to politics, and yet and yet are still able to remain a loving and united couple. There's a post on my Facebook page right now which has thus far received some pretty cool responses. I'll share some of those in a moment. But uh, real simply, it asked the question, do you absolutely hate your loved one's politics? Some of the answers are, uh, they're encouraging, and some of them are a little sad. Here's one, uh, it reads, my grandma and grandpa had a terrible relationship. He was very controlling and just plain mean. And my grandma just took it. Now listen to this. However, she also said she always secretly voted the opposite of him just to cancel him out. So I'm, I'm sorry for that. Uh, I'm sorry for that uh, that that terrible relationship. But uh, the the solution there's a little comical. Uh, and the the comments continue. And some folks are you know very frustrated with the politics of their loved ones. Some like in the example that I'll share with you in just a moment, are able to exist uh, like the 10%, where the mom and dad, husband and wife, are on far, far different sides of the political spectrum and yet are able to keep the peace at home uh, even when politics don't align. Uh, I asked if you recognize two names, James Carville and Mary Madeline. James Carville, the raging Cajun, and his wife, Mary Madeline. This question that I'm asking here about the how do the one in 10 make it work, it reminds me of this famous couple. I followed their story for years and years. When I first became aware of their political differences and really understood uh, how profound those differences were, uh, I I thought, well, that's a good example to follow. The level of uh, both emotional maturity and civility that must exist in that relationship, you know, it must be one worthy of emulating. 
All right, you may know their story. The Democrat strategist James Carville and his wife Mary Madeline, who has advised all the big names in Republican politics in the past three decades, uh, they have for now uh, almost 30 years uh, been able to call themselves husband and wife and do so happily. We'll never forget the first night we met was January 8th, 1991. He was so conspicuously gaming me that it made me laugh and he knew I knew it. Do you know he was hustling me right out in the open. There wasn't any kind of fake thing about it. And it just was so admirable. Carville served in nineteen ninety two on Bill Clinton's successful campaign against George H. W. Bush. And it was during that campaign uh, that we were introduced to the phrase uh, the economy stupid. Yeah Carville had written that phrase along with two others on uh, on the wall of the campaign war room. Those phrases were you know, written up there to help inspire and to keep the campaign staff on track. And, well, it worked out. At the very same time that the raging Cajun, James Carville, was working for Bill Clinton and the Democrats, uh, Mary Madeline, his now wife, uh, was then working for George Bush's reelection campaign. She was very excited. In, uh, I think it was like in November, I guess, early that she was named the political director, the overseer of the Bush campaign. He knew that I aspired, long aspired, to get the job that I wanted with Poppy Bush. And I lo- and he knew how much I loved uh, Poppy Bush. And I specifically said, no, you're not going to get involved in this race against him. And he specifically, though he disremembers this, that he wasn't. And in fact, had told me all these candidates that he had turned down. I think it was with Joe Klein and she and I were having dinner in, in, in Washington, and I blurted out that I was going to be going to work for Bill Clinton. I really thought I was going to throw up. It was somewhere in D.C. I just couldn't. It was a slap across the face. It was painful on so many different levels, and I ran into the bathroom, and I... She went in the bathroom, and you'd have to ask her, but she <laughs> was not very pleased. That story they tell there took place in 1992. They were not long after working against each other harder than probably anyone else in the country. And one year later, on Thanksgiving Day, they were married. 27 years ago, they were married. And today they remain happily married. And during these nearly three decades of marriage, they have not strayed much from their political loyalties, nor have the differences between them frayed the bonds of their marriage. Uh, One detail I would add, interestingly, uh, just two, three, four years ago now, Mary Madeline, uh, who, you know, for her whole life, her whole professional life, had been a Republican and a Republican operative and an advisor to, as I mentioned earlier, all of the big names in Republican politics. Interestingly, she, in 2016, uh, changed her political affiliation not to that of her husband, not to the Democratic Party, uh, but rather she uh, now and since 2016 identifies as uh, a libertarian, uh, a libertarian. She, uh, when speaking about that, explains that libertarian ideals, at least in her view today, align more closely with Jeffersonian and uh, Madison ideas. Anyway, uh, just a tangent, but the, the point here is that this couple, I think, exemplifies more so than any couple I have uh, encountered in my personal life or I have viewed in public life that politics are not the end-all, be-all. And it's very encouraging that that is the case. And while 
these couples are the outliers. One in 10, according to that Tufts University poll I mentioned earlier, one in 10 are able to make it work. That's still a pretty healthy uh, percentage. And in terms of real numbers, there are many, many couples out there who are able to pull it off. And I want to hear from you. If you're listening right now and you find yourself in a relationship where you and your significant other are on far distant ends of the political spectrum, I'd like to hear from you. I'd like you to, to give a call or send a text message in, 57500. That's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. And if you'd like to call, I'd like to speak with you. The number there is 801-575-8255, 801-KSL-TALK. Pick up the phone. Let me know how things are in your home uh, and how you are able to, for the course of your marriage, been able to uh, maintain the strength and unity despite political differences. And if I'm honest, I'd like to touch base with you from time to time over the, uh, the next week or so as we move closer to Election Day. I'd like to hear from your example because I believe it to be a good one. If you are able to overcome the differences that arise in political strife, then you might be able to uh, overcome anything. Before we go, let's hear one last time from uh, Carville and Madeline as they describe to, during a CBS Sunday morning interview with Tracy Smith, uh, how the couple has managed uh, to to survive, and more specifically, if they're not fighting about politics, what do they fight about? The air-conditioned house. Uh, you know, we don't, the kids, not at all. Money? A little bit. A little bit, like most people. We don't really fight. We're not good fighters. We're kind of pout or passive-aggressive, and I think the reason for that is if we actually, either of us, get into our fight mode, given our experience and our skill sets, we are so vicious. I want to hear from you. If you're, from, if you're one of these 10 percenters, if you are one who finds yourself in a relationship and the, uh, your partner is on the other end of the spectrum, uh, call in, share your experience, please. 801-575-8255. 801-KSL-TALK is the number. I want to hear how you have been able to pull this off. I think there is much to learn from your experience that we could apply in all of our lives. That's next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. The topic we are discussing now differences in politics within the same home, specifically uh, husband and wife. If you and your partner find yourself on different sides of the political spectrum and yet have somehow over many years been able to make things work, I want to hear from you. I want to share the advice and the lessons that you have learned throughout your own life uh, with with the listeners. I gave the example, probably the most famous example of a relationship like that is of James Carville and his wife, Mary Madeline, the Democratic strategist James Carville, the raging Cajun. Uh, You may not remember him by name, but if you saw his face and heard his voice, you would know instantly who I'm talking about. He, in 92, served uh, Bill Clinton as an advisor in his successful campaign against George H.W. Bush. In that campaign, working and advising George Bush was his now wife, Mary Madeline. After that election, a year later on Thanksgiving Day, they uh, became husband and wife and have endured all the intervening years despite their remarkably uh, different views on politics. How'd they pull it off? How have you pulled it off? Joining us uh, on the line now is Jan from West Jordan, has a similar experience to share. Jan, how are you? Hi, I'm doing fine, thanks. T- tell me about how things are in your home. You and your husband are of different uh, political stripes? We are. We are. I, um, in our home, I keep mine low-key. He is actually he actually goes to meetings and uh, puts up signs for the opposing side. 
and <laughs> it's um it, it's working out fine as long as we don't watch news together <laughs> or discuss it because uh many years ago he he um he was on one side and I thought oh gosh he's so smart I'll just go ahead and follow along for a little while and then I realized that I didn't believe all the things that he had been saying and so I went back to my own way and I have stayed firmly in my in my views how and long he is 47 years well 48 coming up congratulations outstanding congratulations <laughs> Have have the differences of your political differences lasted that whole time? You said there was a time where you were following kind of the things that he had to say, but uh, later returned to your uh, views. What's it? How long have the differences existed? Oh well, well, um, let's see. Probably when the Nixon whole thing happened, and he started getting very vocal about uh, about his opinion. And uh, I kind of researched and kind of felt a little bit differently. And so it's been a long time. We are right now in the midst of uh, some real division. How, how have things held uh, up in your home these last days? We just uh, we have to be careful not to talk about it. And, and if we do, we just kind of separate and we'll go to different rooms and watch different TV or, or one of us go somewhere. But we don't we don't uh, we don't discuss it because I'm not going to change his mind. And he is definitely not going to change mine. Is is that the advice you'd give after your forty seven years in this circumstance? Do you do you avoid the topic? Yeah. Or how do you, how do you I keep have, the peace? I have found that I am not uh, uh, easily swayed, and um, you know I open my eyes, look around, and and that I'm not uh, I, I'm probably not going to be swayed. I I just wonder about all the millions of dollars spent on signs with all these names all up and down the roads, how many people are actually swayed by any sign that says vote for blank. (laughs) And so I just, I, I feel that he, he feel, he feels strongly about his opinion and I feel strongly about mine. And, uh, Hey, we're all, we're all in this life to follow our own heart and mind, our own soul, our own everything. And, uh, and so I allow him the same privilege. Uh, several of my children um, uh, have gone his direction. Okay. And and three of our children have gone mine. <laughs> I, I think I think you're ahead. I think you're ahead on the scoreboard. <laughs> I got one. I got one more. The only thing is, the elementary schools were getting my grandchildren kind of riled up mm. on on some of these items and uh and it was um a little bit disturbing to me yeah. um that that the elementary school was trying to sway these children in a certain direction yeah. and uh it was it w- was not pleasant for me however i i g- try to give them as youngsters um, a little bit of insight into how I feel and why I feel the way I do. 
and ask them to look it up on their iPhone or their phone. That's the <laughs> look way. Up these answers. That, that, that's, that's something that. I, I talk about on the, on the program all the time. That we're going to be, uh, you know, approached with all kinds of information, uh, but the key is to do that research uh, on your own and ultimately make up your own mind. Jan, uh, pleasure speaking with you. Congratulations on those five children, all those grandchildren, and forty-seven years of marriage. Next up on the line, Karma from West Jordan. Karma, how are things in your home? Well, as long as we don't discuss politics, it's fine. If we start discussing politics, then it's not fine. What's, uh, let me ask you, what are, what, what's the one issue that really gets things heated in your house? Um, probably President Trump. Oh, yeah? Uh, uh-huh. His way of being, his policies, what, uh, what gets the argument started? So my husband is a Trump supporter, and I am definitely not. And so I tend to be pretty vocal about my dislike of President Trump. And so once we start going on that subject, it either ends in an argument or one of us has to just, like, walk away and we have to be done Mm. because otherwise it just, it's a very, you know, people feel passionately about this. And, um, yeah, that's kind of what gets us going. How long have you been married, if you don't mind me asking? So we just celebrated our 32nd wedding anniversary on September 30th. Oh, congratulations. Congratulations. Have the differences, Thank you. have your political differences uh, existed the entire duration of your marriage? Did you, did you know the going end- into marriage that, uh, that you were on different sides of the political spectrum? Absolutely. He came from a very um, Reagan-loving, staunch Republican family, and I come from a very Democratic. My dad was a blue-collar worker. He was very heavily involved in his union. So we were raised in completely different political households. So we did know that going in. Did you? What was that? What was that first conversation like? If you can remember those thirty-two years ago, as you were trying to sort <laughs> out, uh, you know, how, how are we going to make this love we share between us work out if our politics are so different? What What, what, what would you discuss? Well, uh, I think at at that time, I mean, we were so young. We, this was when we were in our early twenties, and so I don't think in either one of us was very invested in politics at that time. I mean, we had only voted in one election um, prior to that. And so uh, it wasn't something we discussed a whole lot. But, you know, as we as we were married longer and more elections came up and more topics came up that we were on opposite ends of that spectrum, um, we just have had to learn to deal with each other's differences, and somehow we have made it work. For 32 years, we have made it work. Well, that's impressive. I'm not sure if you heard the statistic I shared earlier, but uh, according to Tufts University, uh, you are in a pool of, uh, of only 10% of Americans. 10% of, of couples find themselves in similar circumstances as yours, and to have made it work uh, for 32 years is, is admirable. 
and you set a, a good example, uh, I think, not only to other couples but to all Americans as we right now try to figure out how to overcome uh, the, the distances and the separation between us when we look to our friends and coworkers and see uh, nothing but great difference. There, in fact, is much more that unites us as these couples are able to prove in their enduring love. So thank you to uh, both Jan and Karma for that conversation. Uh, I'm still interested in your story, 57500. That is the Utah Community Credit Union text line. I'd love to speak with you. I'd love to hear how conversations go in your home on election night and in the lead up to elections, specifically this one, which has so divided and polarized this nation. I need your advice. I'd like to share it here on these airwaves. Quick break. Back with more. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.